This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, April 3rd, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. The president is threatening to shut down the border between the U.S. and Mexico, despite the fact that many people cross the border every day for tourism, work, business, and more than a billion dollars in goods cross the U.S.-Mexican border every day. Cato's Dan Eikenson and David Beer say it's not without precedent. The president has said that uh, he might close the border between the United States and uh, Mexico. Uh, One of his advisors, Kellyanne Conway, says this is a threat that should be taken very seriously. Uh, And to his uh, credit, I suppose, as as, uh, offering that threat seriously, it seems that the president doesn't necessarily understand exactly how Uh, profits work when it comes to international trade. He was uh, quoted as saying, I'll just close the border and with a deficit like the one we have with uh, Mexico and have had for many years, closing the border will be a profit-making operation. If that's actually his view, then we probably should take uh, his uh, notion seriously that closing the border would fix problems uh, that he sees with uh, cross-border migration. So to you, Dave Beer, what what precisely is the problem that closing the border is supposed to solve? Right now, people from Central America, primarily Guatemala and Honduras, as well as El Salvador, are coming to the border and asking for asylum. And uh, they are typically crossing the border illegally uh, between ports of entry and uh, turning themselves into Border Patrol agents, at which point they are arrested and detained um, pending uh, a hearing to determine whether their asylum claim is legitimate or not. And uh, typically at that point, because the hearings are so delayed, they're released um, until that hearing uh, comes up. So that's the situation that they're trying to resolve Uh, The reason why the asylum seekers are not going to ports of entry right now is because the administration has already made the decision to turn them away. Um, They've uh, basically established a hard cap on the number of asylum seekers that they'll take at these ports, which inevitably drives illegal crossings and and people crossing between those ports of entry. So he, he has, in effect, already shut down Um, ports of entry for the purpose of asylum seekers. Um, And now he's frustrated that he can't stop people from crossing illegally. So now the next step is uh, basically to shut off all trade, all travel between these two countries. And the hope is, um, obviously, this will not address anything to do with people crossing illegally. He can't shut that down. He has no control over it, and that's part of the desperation here. But the hope is, well, if we shut it down and we shut off all trade, then the Mexican government will take action and do our bidding and arrest these people before they get to the U.S. and deport them back to Central America. Now, the Mexican government doesn't like the Central Americans either and has been deporting them in very large numbers. but. They're a much poorer country than the United States is. And uh, despite what we uh, like to believe, the 
it, government is not omnipotent. It can't uh, do whatever it wants uh, in, in terms of preventing people from moving. And at the end of the day, smugglers and smuggling organizations and migrants figure out a way uh, to get around blockades, get around fences, and uh, come to the United States because the economic reasons for coming are so large that uh, simply imposing, um, you know, more border agents, more um, Mexican uh, immigration agents is is not enough to prevent them from uh, coming north. And and Dave, I, I, when I spoke with uh, Beto O'Rourke, uh, when he was a guest on the Cato Daily Podcast a, a while back, we talked about, you know, he represents El Paso, which is a port of entry, a big port of entry. And he talked about not just goods, but people who cross the border every day. We haven't seen a proposal or an out, even an outline really of what closing the border would look like, but how would it affect those people who cross the border every day for work? Right. So every year you have 100 million 190 million crossings that happen. People, most of those are people who commute from Mexico across the border into uh, U.S. cities for work, uh, for tourism, for business. Um, and so many of them are U.S. citizens. There's at least a million and a half U.S. citizens living on the Mexican side of the border. There are many other legal permanent residents of the United States living in Mexico who cross back and forth. I mean, it would be an incredible blow uh, to the economies along the border in San Diego and El Paso and uh, Laredo. And, um, you know, this is not something that uh, any of these border communities want. So, you know, so often we hear about the idea that, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, they're the ones most affected by illegal immigration. They understand the problem and therefore, you know, they'll, they'll get it that, you know, we need to be tough. Uh, but they don't want to shut off a trade and travel. They don't want to shut down these legal migration uh, flows because it's such a benefit to their economies and to their businesses. And so, um, yes, it would be a, just a tremendous blow. And, and I think the uh, comments by Representative O'Rourke uh, really, uh, you know, uh, explain why that's the case. Uh, to you, Dan Eikenson, the president has said at least that he views closing the border as a profit-making operation. That would that would seem to go to the core of uh, what trade actually is, and you know, the core benefit of trade is to the parties that are trading. Um, and it, it seems that the president doesn't either doesn't appreciate that or doesn't care about it or doesn't understand it. No, that's right. He, President Trump fundamentally misunderstands the purpose of trade, trade flows, trade accounting. You know, he sees exports as uh, the objective as, as Team America's points and imports as Team Mexico's points. And the trade deficit that we have with Mexico means that Mexico is winning. So uh, if we were to just shut off trade, we would therefore stop losing. Now, that's just, you know, the wrong way to, to look at, uh, at this. Uh, in fact, we have about a $600 billion trade relationship with Mexico. About 70% of that is raw materials, intermediate goods, and capital equipment, which are the purchases of U.S. businesses and Mexican businesses. Uh, we're in these integrated supply chains. And when we have cross-border trade, which is about $1.7 billion per day, 
that's basically a conveyor belt within a, within a factory, uh, shipping components to the next stage in production. And then those components are uh, at the, you know, in, in a machine and they come back to the United States in another form of production. And uh, if we shut that down, it is really like putting a wall through the middle of a factory floor. And uh, a lot of U.S. Uh, uh, workers uh, in manufacturing that, uh, that President Trump uh, alleges to go to bat for are going to be adversely affected here. We're talking about $330 billion of that trade is in autos, auto parts, machine, machine parts. Uh, these, are, uh, these are important uh, segments of the U.S. economy that the president just seems to want to uh, is willing to sacrifice. If you if you remember, uh, he, he just last week he was claiming how successful his trade policy has been. Uh, his trade negotiator just concluded the new NAFTA, the U.S. MCA agreement, that is uh, geared toward reducing trade barriers and and facilitating trade flows. Here he's now threatening to 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 shut down trade entirely so that there are zero trade flows. So. I think the president really needs to decide what his policy should be, you know, uh, facilitating trade uh, or, or, or shutting it down. So Mexico is the number three trading partner with the United States overall. Uh, it is a massive export market. Uh, but as you noted, uh, a lot of the things that we get from Mexico are uh, intermediate goods. Um, and I think it's always worth explaining why intermediate goods precisely are an extremely important element of international trade. Well, just like consumers look to uh, suppliers around the world to satisfy their demands, we you know we shop around, look for the best prices, the best products, the best quality. Businesses are consumers as well, and and they look around for the uh, the, the best ways to uh, add value. To maybe it makes sense to avail themselves in certain parts of the production process of resources, particular resources that are abundant in, in, an, in another country, whether it's labor or particular supply or a particular skill. Um, and if, the, if American manufacturing had to produce everything in the United States, all the components in every machine, uh, it, we would have a very difficult time competing uh, with the rest of the world. And that, and that gets to the whole point of the NAFTA and the North American market and the North American production platform. And that is we are we now are able to avail ourselves of all sorts of factors of production to make ourselves competitive uh, with Asia and Europe. Uh, and the way the president has treated the relationship, uh, the, the Mexicans and the Canadians in, in the renegotiation of NAFTA and in his sort of flip uh, willingness to uh, shut down trade with Mexico suggests that he really does not understand how important this relationship is to the U.S. economy, to the productive side of the U.S. economy. Dave talked about how the uh, how many people cross the border and a little bit about the, the goods that cross the border every day. But can you give us a picture? What is the size of goods that pass through our ports of entry uh, every day? Well, every day it's about $1.7 billion worth of, of goods. Um, 80% of the avocados that we uh, consume in the United States come from Mexico. Um, something like 60% of the fruits and vegetables that we consume in the winter and early spring come from Mexico. Uh, there is a, a huge interdependence. We're talking about final products, these, these fruits and vegetables, as well as uh, components that go into 
uh, manufacturing. So if we were to not be uh, sourcing these products or uh, performing certain production functions in Mexico, we would have to find other places to do that. And well, you know, Mexico's pretty close to the United States. Uh, if we were going to have to go f further away, uh, it would make the cost of production uh, even higher. You have to understand that 17,000 commercial trucks cross the U.S. border, U.S.-Mexico border every single day. And so we saw a temporary closure of one of the ports in San Diego um, uh, in California last year uh, when the federal government shut down that port because there was a, a group of migrants trying to cross through the, the port there. And that was estimated to cost U.S. businesses $5.3 million. And that was just one day and one port. Um, and, you know, what ended up happening was you had all of the traffic then shift to the next port down the line. That resulted in five-hour waits there. So basically goods were all trying to funnel through uh, a much narrower uh, a funnel. And, and that resulted in, in such long waits that businesses were disrupted. Um, obviously, consumers couldn't get into the United States. Lots of people who were trying to cross for work couldn't get there. Huge cost to productivity on the U.S. side of the border. You know, Caleb, this, this, this happened uh, before. Uh, in, in, in 1969, President Nixon shut down the border. Uh, it was part of his war on drugs going after marijuana in particular, which was flowing to the north and um, animating parties and generations in in various parts of the United States. Uh, but the, the border was shut down and uh, trucks were waiting for days. And uh, there wasn't as much trade between the United States and Mexico at the time, but it was exceptionally disruptive. And, uh, you know, it, it came to not, in fact, you close down the legal entry points for people and for goods, uh, whether they're legal or not, uh, they're going to find illegal channels to, to come into the United States. And there was an uptick in smuggling as a result of that. David Beer is an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Dan Eikenson directs the Herbert A. Stiefel Center for Trade Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>